So I'm going to teach for a few minutes. Um, and by few, I mean 54. That seems to be my average sermon <laughs> length according to our website. It used to be like 45. Now it's like been like 54. So I, I don't know what tonight will be. Uh, probably not either of those or maybe a combination. And the addition of both, I know. But uh, I'm going to teach and then we're going to call up our deacons and we're going to set them in. But I want to make one thing just abundantly, ridiculously clear. Uh, tonight is not about seven people that we're going to be setting in as deacons. Tonight is about Jesus Christ, him receiving glory, his church being strengthened by the addition of seven people as deacons, us standing in agreement, just waiting to see him bring multiplication of disciples, of salvations, of the strengthening of his church. But tonight is not about people. Tonight is about Jesus Christ. If you are a guest with us tonight, and you're here to celebrate a son or a daughter or a friend, someone who's here. We love that you are here, but tonight is not about them. It is about Jesus. And the seven people that, that we're going to be setting in and laying hands on, their lives are sold out and committed to service for Jesus Christ. So that's what tonight is about. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. We're going to spend a little time in this passage just kind of reminding ourselves about the qualifications of deacons. So let's jump there together. Verse 8. Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also first be tested and then let them serve as deacons if they are above, if they are beyond reproach. Real quick, that word deacon is diakonos. And it's both a masculine and a feminine noun. And it's translated as one who executes the commands of another, a servant, a minister, one who serves. Diakonos, both, both masculine and feminine. This position was begun by the apostles in the Jerusalem church. We see uh, the telling of this in Acts chapter 6. And the purpose of of this function, the need for this function was to minister and serve the church's physical needs. Let's continue in verse 11. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. In this passage, Paul kind of jumps back and forth between men and women. But using the word deacon, it's for both men and women. That word diakonos. Both men and women can serve as deacons. And tonight we are confirming that seven people, four men, three women, are serving in the function of a deacon. And I just want to make one thing abundantly clear. We're not setting in four men and then we get the wives thrown in as a bonus prize. <laughs> what? We get to keep the women? That's awesome. That's so cool. That's so sweet of you. We really want the men, but we get the women too. No. You know, we believe that it's a position that both men and women sit in. The Bible makes this clear, but not just that. We're going to make it specific to the people that are serving right now, serving in this function. They're doing this work. They are servant ministers. Romans 16, 1 and 2 says this. I commend you. This is Paul. I commend you to our, uh, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant, a 
diakonos, the exact same words, of the church who is in Centria, that you've received her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Whether male or female, those who serve, minister, and help in this function are deserving of being received with honor. They are deserving of being received with honor. Church, it's us who receive them. It's us who receive this gift, this function, received in an honorable, worthy manner. Let's continue in verse 12 of 1 Timothy 3. Paul now hops back to the men. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Deacons are among the most respected leaders in the early church and in the church today. Question. Are elders, we've been talking about deacons, I'm going to kind of switch here. Are elders leaders? I see some nods. It's always funny from my perspective because I see tentative nods like, I'm pretty sure I got the right answer. (laughs) So it's a little nod, but uh, the answer is yes. So are, are elders leaders? Yes, yes, they are. Yes, nice big nod over there. We would all agree that elders are leaders, but we see in 1 Timothy that the qualifications of a deacon are almost identical to the qualifications of an elder. Did you know that? There's only one qualification of an elder that is not listed as a qualification of a deacon, and that's the ability to teach. Yet we see elders as leaders, and we don't always see deacons as leaders. So why do most churches consider deacons to be merely workers and not leaders? Paul says that potential deacons should have strong, godly character. Strong, godly character must be chosen carefully. We agree, and that's exactly what we've done. But guys, here it is right here in the Word, in black and white, clear as can be. Leadership begins and ends with what? Godly character. Leadership begins and ends with godly character. But see, that's not what we've done because that's not sexy. That's not flashy. That's not, that, that doesn't motivate us. Character, that's boring. Godly leadership begins and ends with character. You see, what we've done is we've elevated things above character. We've made anointing above character. We've made charisma above character. We've made glamour above character. We've made entertainment above character. You can put up with a whole lot if you'll entertain me. I don't want to know about your private life. I don't want to know about the lack of character. Just entertain me. Guys, that's the church in America today. It is about godly character. 
Did you know that you can lose the anointing and still serve in leadership? You can lose the anointing and still serve in godly leadership. If I, So I have an anointing. I have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon me. So when I get up and preach, there's times I'm like, ooh, that was good, and that wasn't in my notes. That wasn't me. That was God. I can lose the anointing, but as long as I'm walking in character, I can still walk in leadership. You know why? Because I've got team around me. I can be like, man, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. Who's got the word to, to encourage the church with? I've got the word. Okay, come on up here, team. Brother or sister so-and-so is sharing the word tonight. Leadership is about character. The men and women that we are setting in tonight exhibit character. They walk in character. They have been examined closely. They have been tested. And I, I had some, like, just mean tests I put them through. Like, grueling. I'm just kidding. I didn't. I only had two, so that's not that many. Just like two is not a lot. But they've been tested. Friends, whether you go to this church or you go somewhere else, none of us should tolerate and stand by with our leaders walking in a lack of character. That disqualifies you from being a leader. If we don't walk in godly character, I, I can, we can still be in this house and worship and serve in different capacities, but we can't lead. God called deacons to walk with character. God called deacons to lead. There is no leadership without character. Let's just keep in mind that the Bible outlines for us that character matters. Deacons are trustworthy servants. Men and women who are not afraid to roll up their sleeves to do the many tasks that are needed in the church. And guys, let this let this night kick off a series of nights where we're going to talk about what's needed in the church. Work is needed, guys. Work is needed. Work is needed to work is needed right now. And we have Ron up on the roof doing it to try and fix the air conditioner. Why? Because it is needed. Work work is needed in this house. Work is needed to equip us so that we can go out there and make disciples, go out there and make and lead people to Jesus and bring them either back into this house or into another church. Doesn't matter, it's his church, not our church. As long as it's a Jesus preaching church. But work is needed. Uh, the seven people that we're doing, they know that if there's a if there's a task that needs to be done, they're going to be joining our existing six deacons and being added to the list of of the first people called upon for grunge work, first people called upon when there's when there's something to be done. But above that, they are people of godly character. These seven people are not being acknowledged just in the mere hope that they will work. You guys, they've already been doing it. We're not trying to identify something going, we think we've identified a nice trait and that they're going to be good workers. No, they're good workers right now. They're dependable right now. They're available right now. They're teachable right now. Right now they're working in, the, in these areas, serving in dozens of areas.
they're being set in because their lives are characterized by godly integrity and they're already doing servant ministry. Some of the tasks they do, I mentioned, might be trivial, but I want to make something abundantly clear. The ministry that they do is not trivial. The ministry of a deacon is not trivial. See, we've done this. We've, we've made the, the ministry of deacons trivial. Religion, denominations have made uh, the work of deacons trivial. I look in the Bible, I look at Stephen. Stephen was a deacon. I don't even see Stephen waiting on a table. I don't even see him serving a widow. I mean, he must have because he was a deacon, and that's what they needed, and that's why they brought it about. But I don't see Stephen doing that. You know what I see Stephen doing? I see Stephen standing before the masses being persecuted. A young man named Saul back there holding coats, and I see him preaching the last message of his life, pointing people to Jesus Christ in the face of death under an anointing, a ridiculous anointing that ended up bringing about incredible results. The first martyr, Stephen. And even as, as he was stoned, even and not drugs, not, I know this, I mean, not, you know, as he was stoned, rocks thrown at him, and, you know, just, this is Colorado. We've got to make it clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As he was getting beaten to death with rocks. What does he do but emulate the actions of Jesus Christ and call out to the Father, pleading for grace over them, that their offenses not be held against them. You look at Philip. Philip was a deacon as well. And we see that he was tenacious in his pursuit to get the word of God. And he was fast. Sprinted alongside the Ethiopian chariot and ended up saving the brother. The work they're called to do is servant ministry. So here's here's my encouragement to us guys. Right now at Impact Rock, there's just Kara and I as elders, but that's that's changing. God is is just speaking some things and and we're excited about that. So we'll have more elders. We believe, I want to have a huge eldership team. But at God's at God's order, at God's instruction, and in God's timing. But the function of deacon the function of deacon is one that is honorable and that is a leadership ministry position. Within these seven deacons are men and women who lead our worship band, who lead our vocalists, who lead the huddle, and serve in leadership on our Vanguard men's ministry team, who lead our Wednesday night prayer impact, who lead and minister to our teens as youth leaders, who lead in women's ministry. We have ministers and servants and leaders. And just so you guys know, they do dozens of other things on top of that. These are seven servants, but no less they are ministers and leaders. And because of their character and their willingness to serve in the cause of Christ... 
These men and women have a high standing at Impact Rock Church and are greatly respected. Now, something cool is about to happen that I, I can't connotate and I can't put into terms and I can't spell it out and I can't even predict how it's going to happen. But we see in the Word of God the word multiplication when in reference to the church. Multiplication is only used in one instance. It says many were added to their numbers. On the day of Pentecost, many were added to their numbers. In addition, addition, 1 plus 5 plus 7 plus 14, addition. But the word multiplication is used in the New Testament when they said in deacons. It said multiplied among them were many disciples. We also see the result of adding deacons. And once again, I don't know how the Lord's going to do it, but it's awesome and I can't wait to see it. We see religious people won over in the faith of Jesus Christ. By the work of deacons, people who walk in religion going, it's not about religion. It's not, it's not about church. It's about Jesus. I can't wait to see how that comes about. I know that 10 months ago we sat in deacons. And for 10 months we have been a stronger church and we have grown as a church. And ministries have grown and began and flourished. And I can't wait to see what God has. These men and women should be honored and respected because of their integrity and because of their lives that demonstrate that they are full of the Holy Spirit and they are sensitive to God identified by His wisdom. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You need both to serve. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit to serve because you can't make it about you. When you're when you're doing when you're cleaning a toilet or you're picking up someone else's food, leftovers, you certainly can't make it about you at that time. You gotta be full of the Holy Spirit and you gotta be full of wisdom. And you've gotta be someone who is humble. You can't make it about you, you gotta make it about Jesus. Not just called to be workers, but to be powerful men and women who place Jesus Christ first and foremost and live their lives in passionate proof of their belief in him passionate proof of their belief. I said it before, the proof to the world of our belief in Jesus Christ is our obedience. That's the proof to the world, our obedience, our our willingness to follow him. He says he's going this way, I'm following him. I'm obedient to what he said. I'm following. That's how the world knows that we actually believe this, that we actually believe in him, is our willingness to be obedient, to follow. So you believe in God? Yep, sure do. Well, you don't do anything the Bible says. Well, I that's okay. I believe in him. Really? 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 You don't do any of it, but you believe in him? You don't love people. You don't de- but you you know, you don't demonstrate it in your obedience to him. I say that to say this. The the team that God is raising up here their lives are all about serving the, the Lord and they've demonstrated that. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. So this is a word for all of us. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. I am faithful to my wife because I am faithful to her what percentage of the time? 
Uh, yeah, a uh, hundred, like uh, definitely a hundred and something, hundred and twenty percent. I'm faithful to her because I'm faithful a hundred percent of the time. Now that is a high standard. Right now they're having some of those old crap moments, you know, where people are like, "No, that's a hundred percent faithfulness." Well, there's grace, but you guys, we, we've got to strive to walk with Him, being faithful to Him. We're gonna stumble, we're gonna fall, but you know what's faithful is getting back up, getting back up and getting in the race. There's times we're going to make it about us. There's times we're not going to make it about Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about as unfaithful. Faithfulness is we get back and go, Lord, there you are, and I receive your grace, and I walk with you, and I need you. That is faithful. If our those seven can come up, I've, I've asked them to just take a moment, and I wanted them to share... Um, just a scripture that stood out to them. Um, something that God has put on their hearts to share. Uh, and so we're going to just take a moment now and and I'll introduce them and then I'll, I'll hand the mics to them and ask them to share. So over on the end over here, everybody, this is Chris Glenn. Let's give it up, Chris. Woo! Here is Brad and Kendra Fitzek. James and Amy Anthony. Brian and Melody Kimberlin. And where where should we start? Who should we have share first? Every everybody wants everyone's Brian too, because Brian's the quietest. We'll start on the end over here. We're we're starting with Chris. Well, first, thank thank you everybody for just receiving us and and um, allowing us to serve you. It's just an honor for us as well. Um, God gave me a word from Ephesians chapter six, verse ten. Uh, this is Paul's letter to to the Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. We wear armor to protect us. Now I know there is a. Now I know there is pain that is brought on by other persons during the course of our lives. For some, it is a friend who portrays you, or a family, uh, a trusted family member who does us harm. For others, it is a boss who takes advantage of you or a pastor of another church that knows no boundaries. The fact of life is that there will be hurt, that we will be hurt by someone somewhere at some time. Whether it is a physical harm or an emotional uh, sting, such hurt is not easily forgotten. We see in the news and have friends who have been affected by devastating and deplorable tragedies from around the world and sometimes in our own neighborhoods. There is no escaping the fact that we must face people who will hurt us. So Paul is stating that we should wear the whole armor of God, or is Paul stating that we should wear the whole armor of God to defend ourselves against such people? 
Are we at war with those who do such things? No, we are not. Christ did not come to teach us a lesson about self-defense or the art of war against people who hurt us. For it was Christ who said, while hanging on a cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. From Luke uh, chapter 23, verse 34. Paul, in his letter to Ephesians, continues to explain what the purpose of this armor is. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending with flesh and blood. We are not contending against flesh and blood. No, we are standing against the wiles of the devil. Now, if a person does not know Christ, how then can they stand against the wiles of the devil? They have no armor, no defense, and are vulnerable to be led by the devil to do harm. The person there before you doing the harm does not know what they are doing. Verse 12. For we are not contending against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. If someone does not have the armor, if someone does not have any armor, it is good and right to lead them to the armor they need so that those who harm you can be saved from the wiles of the devil and no longer be swayed to do harm. We should not defend ourselves from people who do not have understanding. Rather, we are called to defend those who don't understand. Let us be forgiving of those that have done us harm, as Christ calls us to do. Let us lead those who have hurt us to Christ, not push them away. Let us use our armor to grow God's kingdom, not defend it from being entered. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So I'd just like to just encourage everyone in our church, um, or not in our church, that um, we have a purpose that goes beyond just our salvation. There are people out there that do bad things. They do them to us, and they do them to others. And our job is to go and find them and rescue them so they won't continue to do that. And as we stand up here and we take this position of service, um, that's what we want to do for you and for the body. That's our commitment. That's what we're doing up here. So thank you. All right, so 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who have taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So that's in Timothy. And Timothy was 
uh, obviously a pretty important figure of the Bible. He got two books named after him, and um, and Paul was writing this to him and talking about how um, he needed to hold on to what he had learned, what he had been taught. Um, but it wasn't just Paul that taught him. You know, Mark's talked about this before, but it was his mother. It was his grandmother. Timothy had been brought up to know and know the importance of the Bible, of, of what it teaches, of what it can do. Every good work comes from us knowing what is in the Scripture, what what you know God has told us, and how we, how we're supposed to live our lives. And so, Kendra and I, we were looking at Scripture, and we we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be standing in front of you if we didn't have parents, if we didn't have youth leaders, if we didn't have pastors that were pushing us in Christ to read the Bible, to know the Bible, to know its teachings. And so that's why Kendra and I are up here. We we feel that, especially in society today, there's just such a desire and such a, I, I don't know, influence to just entertain, to, you know, youth are, sorry guys, but um, just constantly bombarded with entertainment and, you know, serve me and, and, and you know, just really cater to me and and that's that's not biblical it's it's about teaching it's about diving deep into what jesus christ has for our lives and um and it's all of our responsibility so i encourage every one of us that those younger than us those older than us too it's our job to teach them what is in the bible what what god has written and the rules of our lives are in that book and so we're excited to keep pushing the teens and keep um, pushing on that ministry. But we encourage everyone to pray about that and to really make sure that you make an effort and a, a priority to teach. So, yeah. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm going to read from Colossians. This is Colossians 3, verse 23-24. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. For us to be deacons, it's just uh, an added responsibility that we have. We're all called to serve. And to serve our Lord means serving each other. God is love, and the greatest love that we can show to our fellow man is to feed them, to help them, to clothe them, to hug them when they need a hug, whatever it, whatever it may be. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I change diapers for a living. And changing poopy diaper isn't the most glamorous job, but I do it for my Lord because I serve my family because I serve him first. And that's what we're all called to do. It's not enough just to... To love the Lord, if you love the Lord, you love his people. And you serve them in absolutely any way that you can. And that's what I aim to do with my life. And the king I serve is the one who restored my life, restored my, my wife's life, gave us a family. He's done so much for me, and I want to see that done for every person that I meet. And as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So uh, Melody and I were talking about, you know, thinking about being up here in front of everyone, and and, and it kind of struck us that 
that uh, it, it was Mark 10:27 that kind of came to our minds, and which is uh, for with God all things are possible. Um, so I just wanted to encourage you. I mean, all, all the things just being up here with these with these folks and and serving you guys. Uh, know all the struggles that we've we went through <laughs> thanks Ron all the struggles that we went through um, you know between years and years of Melody praying for that I would be saved and and all of our struggles with uh, kids and and just everything that's gone on so uh, we just want to encourage you that that when you have those struggles that just dig in get get into the Bible and and pray and that you know, with him, that that we can get through everything. If uh, I'd asked uh, specifically Freeman, Smiths, and Stewarts if they have anything for this group as a general uh, word, not as a specific word to families, um, now will be your time in just a minute. But I just want to. Want to point out, uh, Brian um, has served uh, over our band uh, for for years. Uh, Melody has served as the head of our vocalist for years. She served in women's ministry. Amy um, served in prayer and intercession. Now has done so since we started. Um, she serves on the women's ministry team and and does wonderful skits, <laughs> as we can see. Um. James was at our first service. He was there, uh, one of about a dozen people that was there at that first service, and and he, he met Jesus, came to the Lord, and uh, and has always been a willing servant. And now um, we have something that's called the huddle, where at the end of the service, the 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 men gather together, and there's just a quick encouragement, and James facilitates that and gets guys uh, empowered. Uh, by giving them the opportunity to give that quick two-minute teaching, and he has led that for a while and many other things. Uh, Brad uh, and Kendra serve uh, leading our youth. They're our youth ministers, uh, and they uh, serve on the worship team and with our volunteer scheduling. Um, Chris heads up our prayer impact. So every Wednesday night in that room there, which I think we're outgrowing that room, so we're going to move it out here. Um, but he, he just leads us in prayer and is just passionate for Christ. Um, I, I point those things out to say um, they're already doing the work of service. But there's no need for me to highlight the work of ministry because you know the work of ministry. You know the times that one of these people has pulled you aside and prayed with you or you've gone to them in friendship and brotherhood and said, I'm just struggling, I don't know what to do. And they said, well, I do, let's go to Jesus. You know their ministry because their lives have been fruitful pointing people to Jesus. So I just, uh, with you guys up here and and stand up there so nice and pretty, having brought such great things. I need to see your notes, by the way. There's no way all that was contained on one page. No way. Um, unless it was like five-point font. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Um, so uh, so Freeman, Smiths, and Stewarts, are, they were our first round of deacons. And uh, so th- these are being added to our existing deacons. So I just wanted to give them that kind of that, that place. If you've got something for this group, um, you can you can share it now. Otherwise, I want to turn it over to Kara, either one of those three family units. 
All right. And he does. <laughs> All right. And I did that. I did going once, going twice, and then sold. So I'll make this as quick as I can. Um, while uh, Mark was talking and you guys were all sharing, uh, the Lord just uh, reminded me of this verse in Matthew. And, uh, you know, being a deacon does mean that we're serving the body. And uh, he just reminded me of, me of Matthew 25 and kind of near the end of the chapter. And um, basically Matthew 40, uh, where he's talking about, uh, and before that he's talking about, you know, who did we see that wasn't hungry? We fed him and, and all that. I'm trying to paraphrase. But... Um, in verse 40, it says, And the king will say, I tell you the truth, uh, when you did it to one of the least of these, uh, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So just to remember always that as you serve and you're scrubbing those toilets and doing all that grunt work, that you're doing it for the king. Um, as you minister to the people of this body, that you're doing it for the king. That's it. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. stinker. Um, we're just so honored. Mark and I started the church three years ago in our living room three and a half years ago with a call to start a church. And we're like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I hope you're uh, going to show up because we don't know what we're doing. And he has showed up every day. He's instructed us. He's given us every step ahead. We'll go, okay, God, what's this week or what's this next season? And he's been so faithful. So to see, and I tell these guys all the time, to see everybody just join in, not with what Mark and I are doing, but with, with God is doing and to join in and jump on in full force. You guys have not got your feet wet and thought, well, let's just see if it works out. You guys have jumped in. You have served the body. And I love to watch that. I think I go home every Saturday in my car and think, I love church because I get to see people loving people. And that is God's heart, you guys. People loving people, sharing the love of Jesus, not only in this building, but out there. Chris led someone to the Lord at work this week. It doesn't just happen here. And so I just want to encourage this group of people, keep doing what you're doing. Love God with your whole heart. Um, in Colossians 3, this is from the Message Bible. It says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep, in, keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your hearts out to God. And this is my favorite part. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, let it be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. You guys do this. This is what Paul was instructing new believers put on that. He was saying, you're a new creation. And this was his instruction. But as Christians, this is what we do every day. We, let him, we make room for him. We let him be the master. And you guys are doing that. You've been doing that. And I'm excited to see the multiplication and the growth that will happen as this team just builds stronger. Thank you. We love you.
So now here's my charge to you guys. So if you'll um, forgive me for kind of turning, turning my back on you for a moment. I just want to have a charge to these deacons. So friends, um, there's seven of you guys. And what's cool is there were seven original uh, New Testament deacons as well. And the, the original seven New Testament deacons, they brought peace to the church when there was calamity. When there was the threat of division, they were used by the Lord to unify the church. This is the work you're called to. They lived a life of integrity and godly character, never letting their service take the place of their relationship with the Lord. You are you're no longer vital to us if you become so busy with work that you neglect your relationship with Christ. That's first and foremost. Stephen, a deacon, was willing to die for Jesus. But my question for each of you is this. Are you not just willing to die for him, but are you willing to truly live for him? In serving and ministering to his church with selfless service, humble, dedicated work, and sacrificial love. And always seeking Jesus first. And always pointing others to Jesus. And always letting the world know it's about Jesus. If you are willing to do these things and serve in this capacity, please say, I will. I'll turn back this way now. Spiritual leadership is serious business and it's not to be taken lightly by the church or by its leaders. In the early church, the chosen leaders were commissioned by prayer and the laying on of hands. Laying hands on someone was a way to set them apart for a special purpose, and that's what we're going to do right now. And as I mentioned, um, currently Kara and I uh, are the only elders here at Impact Rock, and we believe that this is a function of eldership. Um, And so we're Uh, Karen and I are going to just in a moment here lay hands on and pray and anoint with oil um, each person. And just to kind of shed a little light, if you're not familiar with with the anointing of oil, um, many times we see in the word first the natural, then the spiritual. And the anointing of oil is one of those fantastic examples of that. It's just oil. There's There's nothing sacred about it. We didn't get it from Jerusalem, and it didn't smell exceptionally well. It's just olive oil. But when we place it on our hands and we ask the Holy Spirit to flow and we lay hands, then it's a conduit for the flowing of the Holy Spirit. For the power of God to anoint, to set in, to set apart, and to do great things. So now we're going to lay hands on these men and women, releasing them to to flow in greater power and freedom in their giftings. And we're going to set them into the function and the scriptural office of a deacon. Chris, Kendra, Brad, James, Amy. Melody and Brian. 
because of your faithfulness and fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus Christ and with his authority, we anoint you, commission you, and set you into the function and office of a deacon at Impact Rock Church. Releasing you to flow more freely in the wisdom and the gifts of the Spirit to thrive in this function so that his church might be strengthened, so that the good news of Jesus Christ might be proclaimed, so that the word of God might be broadly spread, so that disciples might be greatly multiplied, and so that many might become obedient to faith in Jesus Christ. In the name and authority of our mighty Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Amen.